Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. Okay, Mary goes in motion. She's headed right for the Good Foods Guac. Nice head fake on the stock boy. Great move around the lady with the card. Mary reaches for the Good Foods Guac and heads for checkout. Great play. Game day is guac day, Bears fans. And that means the delicious taste of Good Foods guacamole with perfectly ripe hand-scooped avocados. Enter to win all kinds of great prizes at gamedayisguacday.com and reach for Good Foods Guac at Julasco. It's the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus both possess the qualities we're looking for in our team. Tough, gritty, smart, opportunistic winners. It was an easy decision for me. What am I about and what's my philosophy? We're going to build through the draft. We're going to acquire young, fast, and physical football players. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. Now, here's Kevin Powell. And we are on to episode 48 of the WGN Radio Football Podcast. Thank you for listening on this episode. Adam Johns from The Athletic and the Hogan Johns Podcast. Join me to talk about the Bears through the first four games, what he's seen from Justin Fields, what he's hearing at Hellas Hall, and we uh, get into this Bears-Viking matchup. I don't think the Bears are going to win this one. I just think the Vikings have a lot more talent on their roster. They're 3-1, and one, a full touchdown favorite over the Bears. I think they can cover that. We'll get Adam's prediction as well. Here's my conversation with Adam Johns from The Athletic. Now joining me on the podcast is Adam Johns from The Athletic, covers the Bears, also does the Hogue and Johns podcast with Adam Hogue. How long have you guys been doing that podcast now, Adam? <laughs> Um, I want to say it's like seven to eight years. I, I like to, to, to do time like this. It is spanned Mark Tressman, John <laughs> Fox, Matt Nagy, and now we're into Matt Eberflus. So that long, Kevin, that long. Uh, it's a wildly successful Bears podcast. If you don't listen, uh, you should. It's probably the most listened to Bears podcast out there. You guys both do a great job covering the team, talking about it, and all that good stuff. Uh, let's talk about the Bears a little bit, Adam. Of course, the headline from Luke Getze that some kind of ran with was uh, that he didn't think Justin Fields had a horrible first month. Now, he has had a horrible first month, but I think there's more details and um, more specifics to it that Luke Getze shared. But your thoughts on Fields so far through four games? Nah, well, you just look at the stats. Right, and they're not good, Kev. Not not good at all. <laughs> He's down at the bottom, sometimes even off the list a bit. If you look at certain statistical categories, which isn't good, you know, because other quarterbacks, you know, replace other quarterbacks. Some get hurt. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. But the, the numbers just aren't good. Uh, I think he expected some ups and downs this year. Like you really did, right? New offensive coordinator, new scheme. Players learning new positions in a sense, you know, with Stephen Jenkins at right guard, everybody learning what Luke Getty wants to do. So he expected some hiccups, right? But not this bad. That's the worst quarterback in the league, the worst passing offense in the league. It just doesn't look good. I, I know there's supposed to be progress within the process, and that can be painful at times, but you would hope he would surpass or at least flirt with 200 yards passing one of these games, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's been really just awful to watch and painful to watch and he continues to take a lot of hits which is obviously a concern I will say like going into this year that the two 
Like the biggest questions we had going into this year were one, Justin Fields, what kind of step does he take in year two, being a full time starter? Uh, we all had concerns about the offensive line, and we all had concerns about the receiver position. And you look at that Giants game, and Fields had pressure all day. I'm, I'm, look, I'm not making excuses for Fields by any means, but he had pressure all day. And there's just not, there are, they lack playmakers on that offense, Adam. And, I understand that it's a rebuilding phase and that we all anticipate next offseason for Ryan Poles to be more aggressive and add weapons and all of that. There are so many layers to having a quality passing game, but the, the offense just lacks firepower. It does. Now, you also expect a lot of, of Justin Fields. He's a first-round pick. He has all the tools to be great. But all of the concerns, I think, leading up to the season and question marks about this offense when it came to personnel, that, that was it's been very apparent, especially against the Giants. Yeah, you see them. You, you see them. Yeah. <laughs> you see the shortage of talent at receiver. Yeah. You see the issues on the offensive line. You see Justin Fields learning sometimes painfully on the job. It's, it, it's all a problem. It, it really is. And you can't just point a finger at one position. Now, I'm of the belief that cornerbacks should be the, the ranger of votes, that they should be the, the eraser of certain problems across the board, but Justin Fields just isn't there yet. He just isn't. He hasn't played a full 16-game, sorry, 17-game season. He's learning a new system. He just isn't there yet in his development. Uh, maybe he won't ever be that quarterback, um, but he's got to be held to that standard, right? He's a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. He's the Bears traded up for him. That's the standard that he should be held to, just like Mr. Trubisky a couple of years ago. Um, I sound like I'm heaping a bunch of blame on Justin Fields. The receiver's got to be better. Darnell Mooney can't make those many mistakes. You need more from Cole Komet. You need the, the offensive line to not get beat so badly by blitzes like they did in New Jersey. But at the end of the day, you know, a lot of it is reflected upon the quarterback. And what he does when things don't go right, that's what great ones do. They make plays when things aren't perfect. And I think at some point you have to hold Justin Fields to that standard. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Komet, and look, we say this before every game every single week, right? They've got to get more out of Cole Komet. Komet talks with the media every week, and it's how frustrating has it been? How do you get more involved? This and that. And I against the Giants, they did. They had a couple tight end screens dialed up for him. Do you think that Ryan Poles, when he was shaping this roster heading into the season, and all of us were like, you got to add something more at the receiver spot? I mean, Darnell Mooney... All due respect, probably a two receiver and a really good offense, maybe even a three. Do you think that Ryan Poles thought he had more at the position, or was it more so of, hey, it's a rebuilding year, we've got what we've got, let's see what we can do with it? Or do you think he actually thought they had a a better receiving core than the rest of us thought? Uh, Can I say both? Okay. Yeah, sure. I think he expected more. I thought he had – I mean, he, he himself spoke glowingly about Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet for months. So clearly he expected more than what you're clearly getting right now when you look at their season stats. Uh, that said, he said himself, too, that you can't fix everything in one offseason. You're still paying for the mistakes of the last regime. Like, Cleo Mack is still in the books. Nick Foles is still in the books. Danger Vaden is still in the books. Tariq Cohen is still in the books. And I could go on and on and on. Eddie Goldman, he's still in the books. You can't move forward until you're done paying off the, the debt, right? Uh, and that's still going on for the Bears. Um, he's been very 
Ryan Poles has been very consistent in looking at this as a multi-year process, and that's tough to do during the season because there's some ugly losses. There just are. You see a shortage of talent. But it's, it's, it's like on us sometimes as the reporters to help maintain that. That vantage point, that that view, that long term view, but it is difficult when when games get so ugly, like they did against the Giants, and you played a team that's like you in the Giants, that's rebuilding, has questions at quarterback, has questions at skill positions, has a new first year head coach, has a new play caller, has a new GM, and they beat you twenty to twelve. You know, it looks like their process is going a little bit better, but yeah, I would say both are true. They expected more, they wanted to get more. But at the same time, you can't fix everything in one offseason. I don't know if it's because everyone's just kind of shook from the previous play caller for the Chicago Bears, but everybody seems to be up in arms about Luke Getze's play calling. Um, for me personally, though, like I, that's not even like that's that hasn't been a thing that's really stood out as a major negative to me. I, there's been some moments, but I think for the most part, like. People pointing fingers at Getze for play calling. I think it's. Just, I really think it's just anger carried over from Nagy, and every single snap, fans were losing their minds over what Nagy dialed up. I think it's more about the execution and the personnel they have than anything that Luke Getze is calling up. Hundred percent. Okay, you agree? Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. Hundred percent agree. Just look at that first and ten play from the twelve against the Giants. Yeah, Darnell. What are you thinking? It was a different. He thought he had a different responsibility within the play. So him and Equinemius St. Brown both chipped the defensive end. Right? They both did it before St. Brown got into his route. But Mooney was supposed to be out and, and being an option, first or second, depending how Justin Fields wants to play it out there as a pass catcher. He just wasn't. Uh, and then with, even within that play, without Darnell Mooney, with, Mark, with Darnell Mooney doing the wrong thing, Colquitt was still open, and Justin Fields couldn't get him the ball. Like He hesitated. He tried to make a play in the defensive end that was coming after him and ended up taking a two-yard sack. So it's, it's, it sounds like a cliche. It sounds like the easy answer. But it really is all of the above. And I think that play encapsulates it a little bit. You know, that's, that drive you know, included that beautiful 56-yard bomb from Fields to Mooney. Best pass of the year. Pinpoint accuracy. Great arc on the ball. Great catch by Mooney. And then two plays later, they have that in the low red zone. So it's a problem. Uh, there's, there's other examples that four vertical play where Moody came up yeah. open over the middle. There's another one that was frequently discussed this week. Uh, every week I feel like we're talking about plays like that. Like yeah. Cole Komet wide open down the seam, but he came open too early and, and, and Justin hesitated and it messed up his mechanics. There's always something happening that affects the play in a negative fashion. So you're there. You're at Hallis Hall every day. You, you talk to the coaches. You've talked to Ryan Poles at length. How do you honestly think that they feel about Justin Fields? Because, of course, in pressers, they're going to say all the great things and this and that and coach talk and all of that. But do you think this, you know, because they didn't, Ryan Poles didn't draft Justin Fields. But how, what's the vibe you get from the folks at Hallis Hall about how they feel about Justin Fields? Uh, the vibe I get is it's early. It's four games. They they are going to try to provide a multi-year outlook for him. Like, this is one year. This is one quarter of a season. Luke Getz's first time as an NFL play caller for every single week. There's a lot of things afoot here for the Bears. And, like, don't forget about the defense. There's a lot of question marks 
there. They have the worst run defense in the league. You have to go yeah. along with the worst pass offense. Quite a combo there, Kim, really, <laughs> yeah. if you think about it. Um, but I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, and I'm with you. You know why? Because we heard Matt Nagy say so many glorious things about Mitch Trubisky. Yeah. And then he went out and wanted Nick Foles. And then he went out and got Andy Dalton. We've seen this play out where the coach comes in, the quarterback is his guy until he isn't. Right. And then the, <laughs> and then the organization gets a bit desperate. They go all in on certain veterans and things don't work out. We've seen this play out here for the Bears. We, I mean, we just did a couple of years ago with Trubisky and Nick. So yeah. and, and you I, take what these guys say with a grain of salt, but I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt for the time being, knowing just how, how, how they want to tear everything down and rebuild it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly like generally like really curious about how they how they might view Justin Fields and all of that. And I look, I've said I'm really big on Justin Fields. I am since just from stuff from last year and his ability to make plays and throw the ball. I know it's been a disaster this year, but I have been big on Justin Fields. Um, let's talk about some good things. There have been some good things this season so far. They are two and two. I think for me, uh, something that has stood out is the the reemergence of Eddie Jackson being a good football player and making some big plays. That's been great to see. Absolutely. Um, there's some other positives, like Dominic Robinson getting something out of him. I think it's just good that Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker are playing as much. It doesn't always look good, but if you're going to rebuild, you need young players who are capable of playing, and they're out there. And they are struggling, but you know what? They're part of a defense that hasn't allowed a touchdown over four weeks in the second half. So that's something. They're part of that, even though their individual mistakes sometimes look worse than what's going on collectively. Now the run defense is a problem. I think Roquan Smith had his one big game against the Texans, but you need to see more of that. You need better play from Nicholas Morrow. But, yeah, Eddie Jackson is one of the feel-good stories of, of the year. He's got three interceptions in four games. He is the difference maker. Like, he's starting to look like the difference maker he was in 2018. That ball mm-hmm. hawk, who just seemed to be always around the ball, making plays, you know, changing how offenses attack them, kind of tilting the coverages certain ways. And you need that, especially if you have a rookie next to him running on the job. Yeah, and Jaquan Brisker, to me, is, look, I think he's he's got a chance to be here for a long time and be a really great player. We even saw it a little bit against the Giants, the way they were utilizing him, bringing him up to the line of scrimmage to finally stop that bootleg, which they ran about a million times on Sunday. But And Matt Eberflus has said the same thing. like They feel like they can use him in a lot of different ways. Jaquan Brisker doesn't look like a rookie, in my opinion. I'm not saying he's played perfect football. Um, but I, he looks like a guy, like they've, they've got something there in Brisker. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know what? And, and the Giants tested him in Coward Gordon. Those naked bootleg touchdowns by Daniel Jones, they were run right at the rookies, right at the rookies. And you could joke around about it, right? Like, that's such a basic quarterback play that you like you see in grammar school, peewee level football, right? You know, Pop Warner, where you have the naked bootleg, you know? But... You don't really see that a lot in college. You, 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 you really don't, you know? And, of course, they're going to commit. Like, your eyes are going to sell out to stop Saquon Barkley. And that's what happened a lot for the Bears' defense. You know, he ran the ball 31 times. Couldn't happen. They didn't pass a lot. But I thought those two touchdown runs were specifically meant to go after the rookies. And you see it because 
Jaquan Brisker gets pinned inside. Kyler Gordon can't get off the block. And Daniel Jones, you know, skips into the end zone. That's what you saw. Um, but those are needed experiences, are they not? They need to have failure in order to get better. I sound like a football coach, but it's so true. It can't be all perfect, not on this team, not when you have the worst run defense in the league and you, you know, your offense struggles to stay in the field. you got to play, you got to play through some of these mistakes. I'd like to see Adam Johns, the football coach, on the sideline, barking in the ref's <laughs> ear. Any uh, coaching? You have what, three kit, three. You have yeah, three? yeah. You should you should see me coach some uh, some flag football games. <laughs> I, I get out there, cover too. You know, <laughs> that's fantastic. Cornerbacks at eight years old got to stay curl the flat, all that stuff. Two safety, <laughs> you know, nothing behind you. <laughs> I love it. Um, look, no, I'm sure a very few will be picking the Bears to win on Sunday. Vikings a full touchdown favorite over the Bears. Um, I guess just before I let you go, kind of a quick preview and prediction from you on how you think Sunday's game will go. I think I got the Bears um, losing by eight, so the the Vikings not the, the Vikings cover their their seven. I think I got it at twenty four sixteen. You just look at the rosters; the talent is heavily tilted in the favor of the Vikings. You got the running back, even the quarterback. Say what you want about Kirk, but the Duke can play. He's not the best quarterback, but he's better than Justin Fields right now. And they have Justin Jefferson, and they still have a few playmakers in that defense. So the skill where they're at in their experience level, it all favors the, the Vikings in this one. So I, I like them. I don't know if I like them winning by by, by eight, but that, that's what I see coming on, on Sunday. Yeah, so much talk about Justin Jefferson, and rightfully so, fifth in the NFL in receiving yards. But I, Vikings, I'm sure, have looked at what this Bears defense has allowed on, in, in the run game. And Dalvin Cook is a weapon, as we know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they give him the ball a lot. Um, and we'll see about David Montgomery, who says he's day-to-day. Um, when that injury initially happened, I was like, that's looking like a long-term injury. But uh, there's a chance he could be back as well. Uh, Adam Johns from The Athletic, I appreciate you taking the time. Let's uh, read Adam's stuff at theathletic.com and listen to his podcast with Adam Hogue. Adam, thanks a bunch, man. Anytime, Tim. And that's going to do it for Episode 48. Thanks again to Adam for joining me. Thanks to Brian Alzheimer and Ernie Scatton for their help producing the podcast. And thank you for listening. I'm Kevin Powell. This is the WGN Radio Football Podcast.